Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. How you doing today? How's that side doing? They're all right. How about this side? Party people. Very cool. Good to be back. A couple weeks time, we're doing our Leaders Summit. I'm pretty excited about that. Flights are all booked to bring our guest preacher all the way from Perth, Australia, which, uh, you know, these days feels like more complicated than getting a speaker from overseas. And uh, I'm excited about that. If you've been away a few weeks and you're wondering what's going on in a couple weeks time, uh, not this coming Friday, not the Friday after that, the Friday after that. So about two and a half weeks. Uh, we are going to be having an all-weekend event. It's going to run on Friday night. And it won't finish too late. And then Saturday during the day. And then obviously we'll do church on Sunday. And we're calling it the Leadership Summit. And it's not just meant for people who serve in church. I believe that we are called as Christians to be influential in every single sphere of our life. Who believes that? I believe God has given us influence in our families, in our workplaces, in our circle of friends, in our neighborhoods, in our streets. And if you're not influential, I'm hoping even more for anybody else. I'm hoping you come so that you get a revelation that the Holy Ghost wants to open doors to give you influence. Because how many know? you just got to turn on the news. We live in a world that is broken and needs a encounter with Jesus Christ. And somebody has to do that. Some people are like, well, I hope Jesus does it. He does plan on doing that through his body. And if you are a Christian, you are a part of the body of Christ, which means you are anointed, empowered by the Holy Ghost, and he has a door ready for you to walk through to execute your influence on this world. So if you are a Christian, then this is for you. So come along. We've made it super cheap. It's like 15 bucks, includes lunch. But if you don't have the money, we'll spot you. We just want you to get here. We're running a program for teenagers as well. There's a whole after party and a whole bunch of stuff that's happening because I want young people to get a hold in this day and age where the world says, just shut up. You're a Christian. Your opinion doesn't matter. No, no, no. I want to get them to get a revelation at this height, at this age, that Jesus has a plan for their life. They don't have to wait till they're 90 to do something for Jesus Christ. There's no junior Holy Spirit. Amen. They're filled with the power of God and they can have an influence right here, right now. So I want young people there. So if you've got teenagers, bring them along. If they don't want to come, sign them up anyway, right? And we've also, I, I think this is a great opportunity for kids to get plugged into God. So we are like, we're kind of merging Rangers and Kids Church for one weekend. We're running a crazy program. There's rock climbing and all kinds of stuff, right? We want kids to be able to encounter God. And so we are making the kids program completely and utterly free. I'm running at a loss, which I don't normally do that. The business part of my brain said, don't do it. But I felt like the Holy Spirit said, get every single child you can to encounter the presence of God. So if you've got grandkids, maybe, and you've been thinking, man, you know, why don't you do your kids a favor? Say, we'll look after them for the whole weekend. I tell you, I can tell you now as a parent, I'd love to hear that. Um, and bring them along. Let's get them to encounter God and make new friends in the house of God. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about now? So sign up. If you're not sure how to sign up, grab Krista or myself. We'd love to make that happen. But we're doing baptisms, as you can see right there. We're not having a spa bath. I'm not going for a swim later. We're doing baptisms. I think baptisms are pretty cool, right? But they're also a little bit odd if you think about it. I mean, you look the same when you go in and out of the water. Nothing changes. Your hair's wet, but, you know, nothing changes. You have the same name when you go in and out of the water. 
doesn't change your title or your position at work. Everything on the surface is completely the same. And yet, ask anyone that's ever been baptised and they will tell you something shifts. You can feel a difference. Baptism is a very odd thing. So I just came back from a bit of a holiday. I did a, did a holiday with my family in, uh, in Broadbeach in the Gold Coast. That was lovely. And then I went and did a boys' four-wheel drive trip to Cape York. I went to the tip and back. Why? Because it was there. So I went there. I saw it, I came back, I did it in five and a half days, which is a bit mental, but um, I stopped in Ely Beach, and I was at the Mariner looking at all the boats on our, give us a wave if you've ever been to Ely Beach, you know what I'm talking about, a few people, so if you've never been there before, it's like a dock, and it's got all these gorgeous boats, these boats I can't afford to buy, right, I was looking at all of the boats, and uh, I, I got inspired, I got this picture of these boats in my head, and so I did... What I often do when I get inspired by something, I watched a documentary. Now, I watched a documentary on boat launching ceremonies because these are the kinds of documentaries people want to watch. Give us a wave if you're interested. No, there's no, there's no hands going up. People, some people have put their hands firmly down. I watched a documentary on boat launching ceremonies. Fascinating sort of things, really, if you think about it. They're very odd because a whole lot of people... Yeah, church has already started. Um, whole lot of people gather around these boats, big boats and small boats. They say a whole bunch of words, which some of which don't make a whole lot of sense unless you're really into boating or vessels, apparently, as some of them prefer to be called, vessels, right? I don't understand vessels. I don't understand a lot about it. So I didn't understand a lot of the words are the same, but people were saying a whole bunch of words. Then they would have a song. They'd sing, they'd sing some songs, which is very odd to me. I didn't, you know, some of them I knew, you know. Bit of Eye of the Tiger, if you're going to name it after that. Okay, I get that. But then there were other songs. I didn't know the songs. And then they took a bottle of champagne and they smashed it. It was a very expensive bottle of champagne. I thought that's a, you know. But anyway, they smashed it across the thing and then ta-da, they've, ha they've had this thing. And it's interesting because the boat was a boat beforehand. It was a vessel before it got in the water. It's a vessel after that. And yet people were saying on this documentary, oh, you don't understand. It's not a real vessel unless you've launched it with a ceremony. I thought, fascinating. Isn't that a lot like baptism? So then I got curious and I thought, what's the biggest shipping vessel in the world? I mean, because where would we be if there wasn't vessels to carry stuff? This chair you're sitting on probably came on a vessel. The carpet underneath the chair was probably rolled up and sent on a vessel. Maybe you're taking notes on an iPhone. That phone probably came to Australia on a vessel. You might even have a pen and paper, and that pen and paper might have arrived on a vessel. So I started to think, what is the biggest shipping vessel in the world? We got a photo, and I found out that it is the HMM Algeciras, right? That big baby there was launched at a ceremony, which I was watching at the Daewoo Shipbuilding and Maritime Engineering Shipyard over in South Korea. Even the president, Moon Jin-jan, he was there. Now, if you're wondering how big this little boat is, it is 1,309 metres long, which is four times the size of the NRL field they played the grand final on the other day. That's how long it is. It's pretty big, right? It is... Um, in terms of width, 200 feet wide. That's pretty, that's pretty big, right? So that's a couple hundred 
NFL or NFL, should I say, um, uh, NRL fields. And the height is 108 feet. That's not the stuff stacked on it. That's just the little blue bit that you see. They launched this vessel. They did a ceremony. I started to think, man, I wonder if the car I drove in on today maybe was on that vessel. Little Toyota Land Cruiser, which would have been little on that. Maybe your car was on there. Maybe the hearing aid you're listening to this on came on there or maybe the pencil that you're writing notes on came on there. I started to think about vessels. Then, because I'm a Bible nerd, I looked at the Bible for vessels. I was looking at all kinds of different vessels and I stumbled across this passage of Scripture that talked about vessels. A different kind of vessel to this kind of vessel, but a vessel no less. And what struck me when I read it was not that it talked about vessels, because there are plenty of scriptures that talked about vessels. Oh, no, no. What struck me was where the Holy Spirit drew my attention to. Have you ever read a passage of scripture that you've read before, but you read it in a completely different light the next time? Has that ever happened to anybody else, right? You're like, I thought I knew this part of scripture, but then I read it again and I saw something I've never seen before. Well, I stumbled on a part of scripture that I would have said I knew pretty well. I've read it hundreds of times before. I've preached it all over the world. In fact, I've even preached a sermon about it here at Shiloh. And yet, when I encountered this passage of Scripture, and I was reading this part of Scripture, I saw it from a completely and utterly different light. I read it like I've never read it before. If you have a Bible and you are curious as to what vessel I found, turn with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4, we are going to be reading verses 1 to 7. 2 Kings chapter 4, 1 to 7. While you do that, let me pray. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for your word. God, I pray that we would learn something that doesn't just impact the people getting baptized, but would impact myself, my wife, and everybody else in this crowd. Let us learn more about you and more about how we fit into your world. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't have a Bible, that's cool. You could Google it, or I will read it to you. And they might even put it on the screen if we're lucky. Let's just see. It says, Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my children, two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. And then he said to her, go outside, borrow vessels. Everyone say vessels. Borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not a few pours. If you're taking notes today, point number one. I'm only going to do three points and then we're going to baptize people. Point number one, vessels multiply impact or vessels multiply the impact. Which makes sense if you think about it, right? If you own a factory that produces toys, you might have the best toys in the whole wide world, but if you can't get them from here in Ipswich to the other side of the world, you will have a very limited impact on the world. You need to get them from here to other parts of the world, and they're going to need to go in some different way. And I would bet you're probably going to need vessels to do that. So the ability to impact the world with your toy company is limited by the amount of vessels you've got. You've got one vessel, you can take it maybe to one part of the world. You've got five vessels, that's five different parts of the world. You've got 25 vessels, even more. Vessels multiply the impact. 
Now, I know some of you are thinking, fantastic, Phil, that's very obvious. I knew that. I'm a maritime expert. Praise God for you. So I agree it is a little obvious. So I paused and I thought about that point the Holy Spirit drew me to a little bit deeper. It's a few hundred that are going to listen to this online, just under a couple hundred here in the crowd. That's a lot of vessels. We carry things just like vessels do, don't we? See, our lives carry a whole lot of things. We carry the good news of the gospel of peace. We carry that. We carry the presence of God to our homes and our workplaces and our communities. We carry hope against the most hopeless situations into every room we walk in. We carry a touch of the Holy Spirit into every conversation we are in. We carry Jesus who's alive inside. Come on, who's accepted Jesus into their life? We carry Jesus into every single room we walk into, whether people want Jesus or not. We carry a whole lot of things as vessels. And so therefore, we multiply the impact of what the Holy Spirit does around the world because we too are vessels, if you think about it. We carry supernatural provision in times of need. We carry healing for broken bodies. We carry breakthrough for people that are lost and stuck and cannot get out of the situation. You are like that ship that I put up there. You are like the HMM Al Jazeera's. You are a carrier of the presence of God because you are a vessel. If you believe it, say amen. Now, some of you didn't say amen because you think you're not a vessel yet. You say, well, Phil, you don't understand. I'm not a vessel yet. I want to be a vessel. That sounds great. I will do that one day, but I'm not a vessel right now. But that's not what the Scripture is actually saying here, is it? If you are a Christian, then you are a vessel and you carry God. Not one day, but today. The day you prayed that prayer, you invited Jesus Christ into your life. He came into your heart and every room you've walked in, whether you were doing good or bad, whether your life was on a high or on a low, you carry Jesus into the room, which means you carry a touch of the presence of God into every conversation you walk in. Whether you feel like you're all together or you feel like you're a little bit broken this Sunday morning, you don't have to wait one day to be a vessel that God can use right here, right now, today, you are a vessel. I am a vessel. We are vessels. You don't have to wait to graduate. You've already graduated. You've already had your ship launching ceremony. You are a vessel. We are vessels. Come on, if you believe this, say amen. See, I've looked at this before, this passage of Scripture. I've preached about it before. I've studied this Scripture at length. I love this account. But you know what I missed? See, I focused on the oil. I focused on the lady. I focused on the sons. But all the effort in this particular passage of Scripture is going to do one thing. More vessels. Get as many vessels as you can. All of her effort, all of the focus of this scripture is on getting more vessels because the more vessels you have, it multiplies the impact. You might own the Mercedes-Benz C-Class AMG factory in Germany. And if you do, call me. Um, You might produce the most stunning cars in the world. 
the, the C-Class AMG, they, um, the engineer that creates it actually signs it in the engine. Stunning, stunning piece of craftsmanship. But if it's stuck at the dock in Germany, it doesn't go anywhere. The impact of that engineer's work is limited. And the Holy Ghost, I believe, is hovering around the room right now. The most incredible engineer of fixing broken lives, fixing broken marriages, fixing broken families, fixing messed up workplaces and messed up arrangements. And he's just ready to launch you out. He's wondering, though, are you willing to be a vessel that multiplies the impact? Because he will send you out into the great deep. So what we need is vessels. What she needed was vessels. More vessels. So I began to think about that. I asked myself this question. Maybe you asked yourself this question already. How do I know if I'm a vessel? I mean, think about it. There's boats and then there's vessels. There's like the little blow-up pool boats that you can buy, you know, and then there's vessels. There's like houseboats and then there's vessels. How do you know if you're a vessel? How do I know if I'm a vessel, right? As vessels multiply the impact of the Holy Ghost, Vessels multiply the impact of the kingdom of God. But you've got to be a vessel. How do I know if I'm a vessel, right? So I looked at the scripture, and it goes on to describe what a vessel is. I hadn't seen this before, but now I saw it. This is how you know. Verse 4. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and she shut the door behind herself and her sons and she poured and they brought the vessels to her. Pause. I don't know if you just picked up on what was being put down there. Elisha did not say, grab any old thing and stick the oil in it. He didn't say, go and get whatever you can find. He didn't say, go and get pots and pans or glassware or cups. He didn't say any of that. He specifically said to go and get vessels. You need to go and get vessels. So it seems like an odd thing to say till you think about it in a naval kind of way. Do we have anybody in the crowd here that's got a boat or has been boating before? Any boating people? Yeah, cool. Now, people who do things with boats and vessels, naval people, they're very smart people, right? So they're nodding furiously. Everybody else is silent. They're like, I'm not sure. I know that guy. Um, I think they're very smart people. You'll never see a houseboat used as a shipping vessel. Not if there's smart naval people involved. Nor will you see a shipping vessel used as a houseboat. The HMM Algeciras is not just going to be a leisurely cruise ship. You know what I'm saying? You'll never see a Coast Guard patrol boat used as a shipping vessel or vice versa. So how do you know if you're a vessel and not just some oversized boat? Number two, everyone say number two. Vessels carry things and are always moving. Vessels carry things and are always moving. I mean, think about it. In this account, the vessels carried the oil and they were always moving. They were picked up in the neighbor's house by the person who owned the house. They were handed to one of the sons. One of the sons carried it down the street. 
Then they carried it into the mother's house. They put it down under the flask of oil. It gets filled up with the oil. Then it gets picked up again and moved to a storage place. Then it gets picked from that storage place and taken to the oil merchant. It gets sold to the oil merchant who then loads it up on donkeys or camels or whatever and takes it to the next place. It was always on the move and it was always carrying something. Vessels are always carrying things and are always on the move. So you might say that your boat that's sitting in your shed is a vessel. But if it hasn't moved since you purchased it 20 years ago, then I would say your shed has a large decorative piece and not a vessel. You might say that your houseboat is a vessel, but if it's empty and has been empty since Australia won the America's Cup in 1983, I might say that perhaps, quite perhaps, you have a very nice boat, but you don't have a vessel because vessels are always carrying things and vessels are always on the move. I mean, think about it. Some carry oil and some carry iPhones. Some carry shoes and some carry cars. But vessels are always carrying something and they are always on the move. Some of them are big and some of them are small. Some of them go through storms that are so scary and so hectic, you wonder if you're going to lose the cargo and your life if you are on this vessel, but it will always keep moving. It doesn't stop because it's a vessel and vessels carry things and they are always moving. That is what vessels do. Now, they may get upgrades along the way. They may have changes along the way. They may get a paint job along the way. But at some point, they will keep carrying things and keep moving because they are vessels. And that's what vessels do. They're not decorative pieces. They are not assets on the water. They are vessels. You know the greatest form of spiritual warfare is just putting one foot in front of the other. I get a sense in my spirit now, there are people in this crowd, I don't know who, and you feel like you failed, but the Lord wants you to know you haven't because you've kept moving. You've just kept putting one foot in front of the other. You're carrying a whole bunch of stuff, but you're just putting one foot in front of the other. Do you know what that makes you? A vessel. Vessels keep moving. They move very slow in a storm when the wind is blowing against them, but they will keep moving one inch by one inch by one inch until they get to their destination. And there's somebody here, maybe more than one person, I don't know, and you feel like, no, nah, but I'm failing, Phil. You don't understand, I'm failing. You are moving. And I think quite often in life, it is better even if you've made a wrong turn then you have just stuck your foot in the mud and haven't moved. At least you're moving. And the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you. You are a vessel because you are carrying something and you are moving. Well, I don't know what to do, Phil. Then keep moving. Well, I'm not sure where to go. Just go somewhere. Do something. Keep moving. Don't allow yourself to become stagnant because vessels are always carrying things and vessels are always moving. And you are called to be a vessel. I'm called to be a vessel. We're doing some DIY work at the moment in church, working on a couple things. Next week, we're going to start working on the foyer space. That's going to be cool. Going to give it a whole new makeover. Going to give it a coat of paint, cool little cement look. We're going to move some signs around. It's going to take a few weeks to, you know, so don't judge it on the first week. It might be finished in one week. It'll take a few weeks. And the other thing that we've done some DIY work on, you might have even seen it when you parked your car, the kids' facilities we've started on ripped the stuff out, we've painted it, we're getting it ready. And some people might say, well, what if they, people don't like it? What if someone in the community walks in and they don't like it? 
that's true. And the reality is you can't please everyone. I guarantee at least one person won't like it. So people are wondering what my response to that would be. You know what I hope happens? I hope they hate it so much they go home and they don't stop talking about it because I want church and God on their lips, in their minds, and in their hearts. That's what I want. But I don't think that's going to happen. You know, see, people have said, well, but why don't you wait to after COVID till everything dies down? Well, I can't. We're vessels. We carry things. We keep moving. We'll always be moving. We'll change that and probably 10 years we'll change it again. (laughs) We're vessels. We keep moving. As soon as a lockdown happens, I'm like, what can we do in the lockdown? Can we make a lot of phone calls? Can we do something else? What can we do? I'm not going to sit still. We're a vessel. I carry things. I keep moving. You're a vessel. You carry things. You keep moving. We've just about finished the wrap-up for our Miracle Month. This week is the last week to get your pledges in. We are up to $48,000. It's incredible. We're only two grand off 50K. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. In a miracle month where half of it was spent in lockdown. Miracle. Amazing. Which means we are going to be buying motorbikes and giving seed funds so that pastors can plant churches in northern Vietnam. We are going to be printing books of the Bible. I was communicating this week with a group that's going to take it into and for the, just for the protection because this is being recorded. Let's just say a country if you get caught with a Bible. But there's such demand for it. We have already started housing refugees from Afghanistan into properties that this church has paid for, right? We are going to help renovate a drug and alcohol facility for people in our community that have been impacted by that. We are going to write a check to help get people, buses of people that can't normally get there into a Youth Alive rally so they can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and making a decision for Jesus. We're doing that. In two weeks' time... Through that wall that the sound desk is there, we are going to be recording roughly a quarter of the Bible into a language so indigenous people can encounter the word of God. We're going to be doing that in this church. By the way, we still need a couple rooms more for people to build it out. So people say, well, why are you focusing on that? Just chill out, man. Just relax. Enjoy the ride. Queensland's got some great beaches. Spend all your time there. I'd love to do that. But then when I look in the mirror, I realize we're vessels and vessels carry things and we're always moving. If you are a part of Shiloh, then you are a vessel. You are a carrier of something and you will always be moving. If you believe it, say amen. That's how you know if you're a boat or a vessel. So... I've met some Christians who are carrying cargo that they don't need to carry. They're carrying the hurt and offence of other people. Didn't even happen to you, happened to somebody else, but you loaded that on into your cargo bay. You said, I'm going to carry that. Maybe you've been hurt and offended directly, though. You've been wounded. And so you've loaded that cargo on and it slowed the pace that you can move. You are at the dock today and I believe the Holy Spirit with his crane just wants to pick up some of that cargo and take it and give you what you were meant to carry. The reason that you are slowed down is you were never meant to carry that level of weight, that hurt, that offence. Let go. Forgive yourself. Forgive somebody else. Don't carry cargo you weren't meant to carry. See, it's not that we don't carry cargo. We all carry cargo. It's what we're carrying. 
take a moment to examine what's in your cargo hold. And if you're carrying something that the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to carry, then ask him to remove it and put what he wants on the back of that ship. I've also met Christians, especially in this COVID season, who have stopped moving. Oh, chock to the brim of good cargo. But they've stopped moving because of things that have happened in COVID. And I'm incredibly gracious to that. That's like the perfect storm. It's the most horrific storm to be out. None of us planned it. None of us wanted. We all wish it would just go away. But you're a vessel. You've got to keep moving. Don't get distracted by every little YouTube video and every little post and every little everything. Keep moving. Keep your eyes on the horizon where King Jesus sits. Keep focused on that. And whatever happens, keep moving. Don't stop because you are a vessel and vessels carry things and they keep moving. Verse 6. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and she told the man of God and he said, go, sell the oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on the rest. And this unpacks my last point, which is a very overlooked thing, a thing that I did not see until I read it again and I thought, huh. So generally speaking, number three, everyone say number three. When vessels run out, the miracle stops. When vessels run out, the miracle stops. I'm going to get keys up. Think about that for a moment. Notice when there weren't any more vessels for her to fill, that's when the miracle stopped. Not when she ran out of faith, she still had faith. Not when they ran out of oil, there was still oil. Not when the prophet had withdrawn, they were still involved in the scenario. It was only when they ran out of vessels, that's when the miracle stopped. Only when they ran out of vessels, that's when the flow stopped. You know why I think we see more miracles on mission trips? Because more vessels go out. People are more willing and more ready and more uh, focused on God doing that. Now, I'm not saying that God can't do what he wants. Of course he can. He's sovereign. I've preached about that. But it is very, very rare for God to do a miracle when no one prays or no one believes or no one steps out. So when we run out of vessels, that's usually when the miracle stops. Not when you run out of faith. Not when I run out of a desire. I think there's a whole lot of Christians running around, especially with this COVID scenario, full of faith, full of the Holy Spirit, excited for God to do things, but their vessel is docked at the harbour. And Jesus is just waiting for someone to punch into their GPS the coordinates that He wants them to go. And as they go out, then they will see a miracle. Do you know why people who pray for the sick regularly see more miracles than you and I do? Because they pray for the sick regularly. The vessel goes out. Do you know why people who step out in prophecy, even when they make mistakes, tend to get to see God do more prophetic words that do land? Because they're willing to go out. God is looking for a church. God is looking for a family. Jesus wants a generation that is willing to plug some coordinates in the GPS and go out. Because when the vessels run out, the miracle stops. And it is God's desire. He is as keen as He has ever been to work miracles. I believe it in my bones. 
He has not taken a break because of COVID. He is not intimidated by the media. God is as keen now to work a miracle as He was when He hung on the cross there. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. Amen. And in a few moments, when we get people up and they get baptised, they'll be launched into the deep. They'll go out. They'll have the coordinates Jesus has put on their heart. I find that very exciting. But you know what I find sad? When Christians believe that they've seen all the miracles they're going to see for them personally, or that their best days are behind them and not ahead of them. Because as long as you have a vessel that is willing to be loaded up with cargo and go out, then you can see a miracle. It's not an age thing. Some of the heroes in the Bible were older than you. And they saw miracles. Why? Because they went out. Some of the miracles in the Bible happened for people that were younger than you, who knew less than you, hadn't even encountered Jesus Christ yet, but they went out and so the miracles went out with them. God is looking for people that are willing to go out. What does that look like practically? When was the last time? This is what it looks like practically. You deliberately put time aside, said, Jesus, what do you want me to do at work for you this week? What are you loading me up with to take into my workplace? Ask him the question. Maybe you notice your neighbor's going through something. You bake him a cake. Pray in tongues the whole time. Because like a shipping container, it's a cake, yes, but on the inside, contains the love of God in every bite and in every mouthful. Maybe you see someone's going through something on Facebook. Rather than just hitting a little sad emoji, pick up the phone and call them. I don't know what to say. Ask the Holy Spirit, what do you want in the cargo hold of this conversation? Let me dial the number and just see what God does. The vessel doesn't stress about the cargo hold. It it just loads up and goes. Put what God wants in your GPS. Now you might say, well, I'm a I don't feel really confident doing that, Phil. Because, you know, I'm, I'm quite, you know, I'm just kind of the run to the family. I'm kind of that guy in my workplace. No one really listens to me. I, I don't even know my neighbor's names. Yeah, you might, you might feel like that, but you've got to remember vessels multiply the impact. The Holy Spirit will be multiplied in your life if you're willing to go out. Maybe though, you've tried to go out and you've had minimal impact because your cargo hold is full of things that the Holy Spirit doesn't want them to be full of. It's not that they're bad things. They're good things. They're just not the things He wants you to carry. You're in the dock today. Allow Him to take off some cargo that you don't need and put on what you do need. Bible talks about putting on the armour of God, putting on a garment of praise. It's It's a principle that goes throughout Scripture. So ask the Lord before you go to work, what do you want me to load up with today? What do you want in the hold? Vessels are always moving. You've got to go somewhere. Some of you are like, ah, oh, you know, I just don't want to make, I just don't want to make a mistake. Sometimes I think not moving is the mistake. Step out, step out, step out, step out, step out. Because when the vessels run out, the miracle stops. I'm going to pray for a couple groups of people today. And then once I've done that, we'll do some vessel launching ceremonies. I'm going to get everyone to close your eyes. No one to look around. It's not because we're trying to be real spiritual. God can see whether your eyes are open or closed. It's just a privacy thing. 
just want you to have some privacy because this isn't about me. It's not even about Shiloh. It's just about you and Jesus. Our lives are like raw material, just piled up. (laughs) Some of you are feeling like, yep, and my material is a mess. Maybe. This is the moment where Jesus builds the vessel out of your raw materials. I'm asking if you've read a Bible. I'm asking what your Facebook status is when it comes to religion or what you tell your mum and your dad you believe or what you tell your children you believe when they ask you. I'm asking, is Jesus Christ Lord, which means he's in charge. So you would plug the coordinates in. You would do what he says. And Saviour, which means he has forgiven you for every single thing you've ever done. He takes the rubble of the raw material of your life. He forgives you and builds something with it. I'm not asking if you have a past. We've all got a past. I'm asking, is Jesus Christ Lord and Saviour of your life? If he's not, here is your opportunity to get it right. Either for the first time, or maybe it's like the hundredth time you've prayed this prayer. Don't go out 99% sure you're right with Jesus. Go out 100% sure. So while no one's looking around, while everyone's got their eyes closed, if you're like, Phil, now pray for me, man. I need Jesus. Not going to embarrass you. Not going to come up the front or do anything weird. You stay in your seat. I'll stay here. I just want to pray for people. But so I know who I'm praying for. If that's you and you're like, Phil, pray for me. Can I just get you to slip up your hand just so I know who I'm praying for? Yes, thank you. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Anybody else? Awesome. I see that hand. You can put your hands down once you put it up. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Awesome, I see that hand. Anybody else? Don't go out 99% sure. Go out 100. Anybody else? Fantastic. This is what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer. It's a repeat after me prayer, so you can't stuff it up. Relax. And what I'll do is I'll get all the Christians to pray after me as well, so you don't feel like you're alone. Because you're not alone. There's a whole lot of people at this ship launching ceremony. And hey, you're in a church. There's a lot of Christians. You're not going to be outed. Are you ready? Come on, let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, Please come into my life. Please forgive me for my sins. Build something brand new out of me. Launch me into the water. Help me to follow you all my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give all those people a hand. A bunch of people making a decision for Jesus Christ. Next group of people I want to pray for is people that and once I've done this, we'll, we'll baptize some people. But I just feel there's a sense where we're docked in the harbour and I think that the Holy Spirit wants to remove some cargo. I'm not going to ask what it is. I don't care. That's between you and God. Might be unforgiveness. Might be good things. You've got some, you've got some good hobbies, things that keep you busy, but they're not, they're not keeping you in the direction God wants you to go, to plug some new GPS coordinates. Maybe it's hurt. Maybe it's it's offence. Maybe you're like, I don't know how. I just keep picking up other people's offences. I wish it wasn't the case. Don't go out today loaded up with the wrong cargo. Go up loaded up with the right cargo. I think God wants to do an exchange because we're always carrying something. It's like, well, I want to be empty. That's never going to happen. You're always going to carry something. But I believe that God wants to give you the love of God, the grace of God, prophetic words, a healing touch, an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I believe that God wants to give you um, a measure of the presence of God. I actually think Christians in Christian homes and Christian workplaces and offices and whatever should have a sense of the presence of God about that place. People used to come into my office at work, secular office, and say, there's something different about this room. 
because the presence of God resided there because wherever I go, I'm a carrier of the presence of God. I'm a vessel. So come on, if you want to do an exchange for cargo, I just want you to raise your hand right now where you are. If you're like, Lord, here I am, swap some stuff over. Hands going up all over the place. This is the safest place to do it. You're in the harbour right now. King Jesus is operating the controls. The Holy Spirit is on the crane attaching himself right now. Some of you, there's that unforgiveness. You actually need to say, no one can hear it under your mask. I forgive and I let go. Let the Holy Spirit attach that crane onto that piece of cargo. Some of you, it's like I said, it's offenses of other people. There's someone here, the Holy Spirit is saying, you're like, I don't know how, I just keep picking this up. Don't worry about that right now. Just say to the Holy Spirit, but you can take it away. I let go. I forgive someone for something they didn't even do to me. Let it go, 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 let it go. I just get this, get a vision in my mind. He's just attaching the crane to different bits of cargo. He's lifting it up. He's lifting it up. He's lifting it up. He's lifting it up. Some of you are angry. You don't even know why. He's lifting it up. He's taking it away. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we just take authority over all of the cargo that you don't want on the vessels. God, I pray right now, through the power of the Holy Ghost, that you would remove that cargo. Remove that unforgiveness, remove that hurt, that anger, that bitterness, that depression, that addiction, whatever it might be, Lord Jesus, that you would remove it. And in its place, God, I pray that you would load them up to the brim with the Holy Spirit. Load them up to the brim with the healing touch of God. Load them up to the brim with the presence of God. You would load them up to the brim with prophetic words. You would load them up to the brim with a whole bunch of good stuff, mission coordinates, Lord God. You would launch them into the deep this year in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen, Amen. Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.